0: Hello and welcome to another episode of All Bad News. In today's episode, we got special coverage, financials, stock coverage, going into the new year, 2023. We have a tanking stock market, uh, an inflating economy, and uh, a lot of uncertainty. So today I have a special guest on the show. His name is Ron from Michigan. He's going to help us decipher some of the craziness going on with the economy, stock market, and uh, maybe even some of the politics involved. Uh, Ron, can, uh, you connected in?
1: Yeah. Hey, Ron. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, man. No problem, Ron. How's how's it going? First day of the year. And uh, we went in to 2023 with um, just a lot of... I mean, you're a stock guy, you're, you're investing, you know, like some of this turmoil you've experienced. Uh, Tell me just a quick summary of like what you've experienced in your own portfolio. I mean, maybe you've had some luck, but I haven't.
1: Um, Look, you know, this last year was pretty bad for everybody. Uh, I think uh, looking at 20% on the S&P down, um, that hurt a lot of people's 401ks, a lot of their retirements. Um, You know, there was a lot of Talk on the mainstream news about buying the dip um, and you know people were doing that and then it would keep dipping, um, which you know um, that's no good for your money if you're trying to put it to work too. so you know
0: yeah clothes. but it, it, if you're someone like me who's going in long term, I mean buying at the dip, let's say I'm a guy I'm a lifer, I'm, I'm buying at you know, let's let's just use Tesla as an example. I'm buying Tesla right now. I don't know what it's at 112, 115. I mean, is it still not a good idea for me to buy if I'm getting rid of this? If I'm st- holding on to Tesla for the next 50 years, potentially one of the biggest companies that are, will ever exist? I mean, is that not, it's not, that doesn't seem like a bad idea to me.
1: That's not a bad idea because your expectations are anchored well out into the future. Um, you know, and a lot of people agree. Shareholders of Tesla at least agree that um, it's on the right track to be the most valuable company. And, you know, there are so many accolades and things going for it. But, you know, the short term is that if you're okay with buying in today and having the stock drop another 20, 30%, 40%, and continuing to buy or something like that then yeah, sure, that's fine. But if you're looking to make money in the short term, um, that, you know, that is far more risky. And that's not so much um, of an investment play, that would be more of a trading play. So someone like you, who's just putting away a little bit at a time, you may end up doing much, much better than the overall stock market. Um, But that doesn't prevent um, you from losing money when and if something happens to Elon, or if China, you know, shuts down again, or if they, you know, kick Tesla out, or if you know, there's all kinds of problems legally with full self-driving, you know, there are a number of things that could happen um, that might shake the confidence of people. And so let's just play out your scenario of, while well, you're a 15, 20 years from now investor, you know, Elon is going to retire or have a successor or you know, at some point uh, or the the products will have to change or they will have to grow into different segments and we'll see what happens when everybody who bought an ev needs to either replace it or replace the batteries so there there are a number of factors that could cause your slow steady growth to then collapse one day i mean look at what happened with the pandemic everybody was you know, chugging along, and then boom—we we got hit with this huge collapse in prices. Now, 2022 was a little bit of a slower collapse, but still, we dropped quite a bit. It just didn't happen all at once. So, you know, people are scared. People wanted to take out money. A lot of people got really wealthy during the pandemic, and um, they finally said, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to just sell because 2023 looks pretty ugly coming up." And uh, I mean, if you're on that long, long term, you know, it's a great time to buy stocks that you think are going to go up in the future, things that are going to be around. So, you know, cautiously find and acquire stocks of companies that you understand and you like in the products. And, you know, I think that you'll fare fare quite well in the future. Um, In the next two, three years, you know, it's harder to say, but
0: Absolutely. No, that's a good point, especially regarding Tesla. There's just so many uncertainties regarding the EV world today. I mean, like you said, no one knows the fate of, uh, uh, of a long-term battery. You know, you see some things in the news where people have to replace a battery and they're given a bill of upwards of like $15,000 and they're, they just dispose of the car. So, I mean, once that's out in the open, um, I, I don't know if people will be so comfortable
1: for me the uh the perspective there is um you know if you think about what a tesla is and i i like the cars i don't i wouldn't say that they're like extreme luxury even the highest models but what they are is a very basic clean premium interior with a steering wheel and a screen and some motors and the idea is really not that you would trade your model s for a brand new model s it's that you would have that model s for 20 years and trade the battery twice or three times think about like a toy rc car when the batteries run down it's weak it's slow and then when you put in new batteries it's like it was the first day you had it right and that's why the teslas are so simple on the inside is because they'll be able to upgrade the software still need a steering wheel and a screen until you don't um but uh but yeah that that is you know one of the positive aspects about what car ownership will be and we'll just see if people are okay with that. I mean, are you going to be okay with buying an you know, a Model X and living with it for 20 years because all you're going to have to do is change the batteries once or twice or are you going to spend 50 grand on another one every 3 years when your batteries run out or you
0: know? Right. Right. I mean I- Even considering what you're seeing with some of the bigger, like the big three manufacturers that are, uh, you know, um, engine based. Uh, I mean, dude, the maintenance costs on some of these cars, these cars are, I hate to say, but almost disposable. So for you to just have to do some general maintenance on a Tesla and then replace a battery once every, I don't know, eight to 12 years. doesn't sound so bad if, like you said, it's like a totally brand new car again with right. a you the know it's going to be
1: just as powerful you know
0: right and there's so, so so many less components than you would have to deal with with uh you know getting a dodge charger or something like that whatever you know so yeah. i and, see and i see play be, there.
1: this won't just be a tesla thing if if this sort of uh, point of yeah. view on on ev ownership is is accepted i think that that will be you know every company will face that with their customers so
0: Right. Before we move on from Tesla, um, what do you attribute to Tesla's decline in, in, in share price? I mean, are you attributing this, uh, the, you know, Elon, Elon's Twitter uh, kind of awakening? Are you attributing Biden's economy or, or Biden's stock market? What, what do you, or is it just Tesla's performance? Are they not performing as well as they should be performing? Uh, just, uh, no. you know, in a quick couple of sentences, what do you think?
1: Yeah. You know, So what happened uh, this year in the global markets, unfortunately, like all the momentum from the past year's recovery, at least recovery in equities, um, that, um, that sort of faded away and the bond market took a big hit this year and that caused a lot of activity in buying and selling of different stocks to make, you know, that part of Big banks' portfolios whole, and so as a result, um, there started to be this big trend of repricing of big, you know, stocks, big equities. And actually, you know, you can see this kind of happening throughout the year and pulling into this last quarter here. The final big companies to be repriced, if you remember, were Microsoft started falling, then you had Meta collapsing, then you had Amazon falling. And then now finally you have um, the collapse in price of Tesla and Apple, big companies in a lot of people's portfolios, a lot of big um, big in institutional investors. Anyway, so you have the, these final assets to be repriced. Um, so you take that into account, um, you take all of Elon Musk's activities, whether you agree with it or not, it does have some impact on people's perspective um what they think of his time and all that sort of stuff that we can talk about that some other time but that has a lot to do with it um and you know again a lot of people taking profits or um you know selling it now before it goes down lower and they might buy when it's at a lower price you know it's it's hard to say i think the company is well positioned going forward i think they have something like three years of cash to produce full production without selling a single car so That's actually a pretty crazy stat for a a car company, right? Because they have to be measured as, as a company that makes and sells cars. That's 95% of their income. So,
0: yeah, no, that's good information. I think Tesla's success is uh, just begun, but I wouldn't completely attribute their decline to just Twitter, which is a, a lot of these liberal mainstream media networks are doing. And I think it's ridiculous, but um. No, I, I think there's big things to come. So.
1: Actually, Twitter could be really great for, for Tesla right. in a number of ways. Right. And maybe we talk about that on, a, on another time. But, but yeah.
0: Right. All right. Just moving on from Tesla. I know that's a that's an easy subject to kind of just go off the rails on and talk about for an hour or so. But um, I want to get your opinion on, on uh, some of the other uh, companies that you're looking at or whatever you're trading um, a couple of. Maybe up to three, um, you know, stocks, shares that you're looking at for 2023 that you might think might pop off in the short term or might be a long term hold or and maybe why some of those uh, could be successful or even things that you could see uh, declining in the next year. Is there anything in mind that that comes to you in regards to that?
1: Yeah, I got a couple of, of things, you know, and I maybe would keep it to um, I'll do two, two ideas. And then um, maybe we talk about a, a sector that that might do well in this coming sort of recessionary period if, if it ends up being a recession. So
0: perfect. Um, yep.
1: the first one, you know, we'll keep it a little bit relevant to um, the pandemic, uh, which is a big topic, but um, in in the scope of Pharmaceutical companies, you really have Pfizer and and Moderna. Um, you know, Pfizer is facing a lot of legal issues. Um, they're they're not uh, doing too well on the PR front, despite uh, making tons of money uh, on the vaccine um, <clears throat> for COVID. But uh, Moderna is an interesting play because they are they were not really a company um, for very long, and then all of a sudden, pandemic hit and they they put out their mRNA tech and whatnot, and so um, 2021 was a really blockbuster year for them. They went from you know not making any money to making uh, billions of dollars. And I think that that's interesting because it'll go towards R and D and all sorts of other stuff. Um, And if you look at what's happening in China with all these variants and all these different things, um, and and what they're all predicting, uh, whether that's accurate or not, I think that Moderna will have vaccines going forward for all sorts of things that are using mrna so um you know that that company is uh i believe now generating free cash flow um which is great um so it's going to be putting that to work hopefully to you know putting out more more pharmaceuticals um and again it's a it's a young company um it could go you know really high It did actually do uh do something like that um in the last couple of years it, it spiked um september right. of 2021 and then it kind of came back down to, to to uh like 120s 130s and we're a little gotcha. bit higher there we're around 200 it started to run up again and so we'll see what what happens with the you know the health systems and, and
0: whatnot um, yeah. that's a scary one to me i mean considering that you know, you have documentaries like "Died Suddenly." You have 2023 coming up, a whole new year to discover. You know what were some of the implications of uh, or the consequences of people receiving the COVID nineteen vaccine. Um, so I, I'm I'm a little nervous about Moderna, man. I mean, if people are if this if people are really dying from the vaccine, that the way that it it seems to be right now. Um, I, I mean, there's no legal action that can be taken at the same time. So, and, and what are they going to, what's going to happen? They're still going to have all that cash to do whatever they want. Like you said.
1: Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, again, for, for, for a shareholder in the short term, it may be okay. And then if that stuff turns out to be true, obviously you wouldn't want to touch this stock period.
0: Right. Uh, but, right. uh,
1: so that's, that's one, one idea. Sure. Um, another one, one is, uh, is in a, um, It's a company that's a lot like Cisco in the sense that it provides large scale uh, networking, cloud networking, sort of, um, software software in the cloud, um, kind of stuff. And so, um, the name of the company is extreme networks and, uh, they are really blowing up because they're getting into all these sporting stadiums, you know, MLB MLS, um, so they're, uh, you know, they're they're providing. It's a big.
0: Uh, seems like a big big customers there.
1: Yeah, so like if you go to a stadium and you go to a game, they are providing the the access point to which your phone connects to Wi-Fi. Um, you know, that's how how it powers you know interactive experiences. If you're in your seat or it tells you know how many people are in the bathrooms, stuff like that. But so they're getting into all these stadiums and they're providing this. Um, it's a little bit of both of software and hardware, right? The the crazy part about stadiums is that the density of people trying to connect um, is so high that you need some special sauce there, so to speak. Right. So anyway, they they are... It's not uh, an easy feat. They will be... Fulfilling a number of orders that are kind of pushed off due to the supply chain issues that happened earlier in the year and and previous year, um, so as those chips and parts start to be shipped and they make it into their product and they're able to fulfill these orders, um, you know those just you know kind of transform the the financials um, in a really positive way. And again, you know they are. A small company that's growing really nicely compared to these big companies um, and I've been reading some things that may you know not be so great for Cisco in terms of um, you know their outlook and they're a very big company hmm. and so it's it's sometimes you know David versus Goliath so uh, I'm yeah. interested to see what happens that you know stock for extreme has kind of risen up quite a bit in the last year
0: um, what was the name of that uh, what was the name of the, the, the entity?
1: Extreme Networks.
0: Extreme US Networks.
1: T R. Gotcha.
0: So, these guys could make these guys could make Cisco look bad real quick if things go the way they're going.
1: I mean, they're not huge to compete with them directly like that yet, but but yeah, they have the they have the
0: capability. A lot of upside. A lot of upside. Okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Some of the other smaller peers in that space, um, they definitely stand out as as um, as a top top company so you know check out gotcha. some of their uh interviews the ceo has been online um talking to you know cnbc folks and media uh, gotcha. ameritrade folks and stuff so um yeah that that's uh that's a good one uh, sweet
0: Isaac. sweet no that's a good that does seem like a good one for sure keep, and then there was one on. sector you want yeah we definitely will yeah. keep an eye on that one um so um, yes, let's, there's a let's talk advantage. about
1: this to go full full circle. Um, yeah. You know, so the in- interest rates are rising, inflation is still high. Um, sure. We have sure. The threat of war. We have you know a number of factors in the economy that are kind of pushing us into a more cautionary stance. I think everybody is sort of in that position, and so. Um, as these rates rise, uh, like Ilan said on a Twitter Spaces recently that, um, you know, that just makes the cost of uh, buying big ticket items, things that require debt or um, loans, that just makes those more expensive. And so what happens is people just do less of those kinds of things. And so, um, you know, prices of the underlying goods will fall. So the price of a car uh, may not go down, but you know, the, the notional value now has changed. Absolutely. So absolutely. Right. So what what I think uh typically, you know, when, what happens when interest rates rise is anything that is loans, debts, um, money is no longer cheap. Money now um has a cost. And so institutions, banks, uh lending is going to make money. Um there are a number of those uh, Newer um, pay-as-you-go type companies, the Klarna, Align, I think is one, or there's a couple, but, um, you know, those are newer, but, you know, the big guys, the big old banks, Morgan Stanley, um, JP Morgan, Citigroup, uh, Goldman Sachs, like large, large companies that deal in these sort of things, um, they will start to to make money off interest again. Um, And, you know, the stock market is not going to do very well. Because interest rates will rise and home prices right. will go down, and all these things, but um, banks will will make some money. So, you know, uh, the the financial sector and bank stocks might be something to to keep an eye on. Um,
0: Absolutely. So,
1: so yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, how
0: do? You, no, that's yeah. great uh, insight. How do you? Uh, just so, you know, you don't have to go too in detail about this, but how do you feel about the Fed and the approach that they're taking towards the interest rates over there? I mean, over the last six months well, or
1: so it's really polarizing um it's hard to say uh if if they've
0: always been the type to kind of uh, defend the fed in my opinion yeah, uh, no, where I'm i've always not. been kind of cr- more critical uh do you still feel the same way
1: i mean i've i've kind of pulled back more to the, the middle of the road there because um you know unless they think that inflation is just really bad and going to continue persisting and that's why they're going to keep hiking at 50 or 75 basis points you know that that could be them trying to say hey it's still pretty bad Uh, or that could be them trying to get the stock market jobs all those things to fall so that we can get back to uh, regular inflation Um, you know you you have a lot of people now who are calling for a higher inflation target something higher than two percent um there's some interesting points there. I think what's happening, though, you know, um, and a lot of people are critical of the Fed, and I understand why. Uh, if you look at their behavior, though, what they do is they set rates according to the the Taylor Rule, which is a much studied and discussed um, formula that that outlines what they should do, how they should do it. You know, right? Yes, I think you've caused, mentioned this
0: to me before. Yep
1: yeah and the pandemic has caused a lot of different things and changes and focus and mandates and whatnot but uh you know I, i think they're still following that because it's it's how people look at them and expect them to act and so again the fed really wants people to believe what it's doing and if you believe that they're fighting inflation then they're fighting it however best they think they are Right. Um, however, that being said, there has been a couple of times in the recent past that the Federal uh, Reserve Board of Governors have expressed sort of conflicting views. There are some outspoken members who say that, uh, without saying it as much, they're actually saying that we we should be slowing down or reversing course, um, so that we could have a quote-unquote soft landing or a landing of any kind or whatever. Um, but uh, right. you know, I don't I don't know if that'll materialize um and so you know yeah we're gonna see what happens in january here if they if they continue to raise at a 50 or a 75 basis point rate um and if they do then you know the stocks will continue to fall what we what we do need to see is the bond market to kind of recover and you know so there it'll be um an interesting first couple quarters here
0: yeah scary stuff i mean um yeah yes or no are we in a recession ron
1: well you know you know parhan uh they uh they keep changing the words around
0: <laughs> the definitions so, are changing every day right
1: yeah so i mean you know soon up could mean down and down could mean sideways and so yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know we
0: might already be there we might already be there um but yeah yeah i know no, what you're I, saying
1: i think i think we are i think you know, there's a technical definition of it and they may try and change that. And and then there's more of a soft definition of what do you see people doing? How do you see people behaving?
0: Yeah, it's a good, good way to look about? at it.
1: Yeah. You know, so, so look at your own economies near you, your friends, your family, your, you know, people on the street. What are they doing? What does that look like? Because that's sometimes a better indicator uh, of things to come
0: yeah i mean just based off that i mean i know i know people making i got f- people with families making above six figures who haven't had to budget in the past but within the last six months or so considering gas groceries uh, car i mean you try to get a car nowadays uh, it's it's just a nightmare to be in the market for a car right now Yep. Um, considering like the, the big things right now, the, 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 like the three or four major purchases that you have in this world, right? Your home, your vehicle and your groceries and whatever your kids, it, it definitely seems like we're in a, a recession and it's just going to get worse. And, um, uh, I feel like the Biden administration is just lying through their teeth with, uh, the way that they're defining, uh, the, the new terminology of the economy and, um, it's uh, they're just gonna keep pushing the the way that they describe things and make it seem like things aren't as bad as they are. But that's I guess yeah, we'll f-
1: and I think that that's that's the key there. You you know you uh, I think you have Biden putting on a lot of pressure on people like Secretary Yellen, mm-hmm. um, and, and Governor Powell to do one thing, and then Governor Powell right. wanting wanting to kind of like pull the duct tape off and say, hey, no, uh, we. we we shouldn't be doing this but you know we, we don't know it's it's not clear and i think that fact that it's not clear uh it is contributing to the the uncertainty you know people aren't sure if the fed is still independent
0: and, well yeah i think that you know, uh that conversation kind of started when trump kind of brought that to light and i didn't i never thought i mean most of us thought and no, none of these federal agencies would be leaning towards a certain way or corrupted in any sense. But if, uh, the fed was exposed, which I think to a degree they already have been, um, that uh, nothing surprises me anymore. So the fed is not off the hook.
1: No. And next Uh, time we can talk about Europe.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's a lot to go into, but yeah, definitely. Um, Final question. I mean, we touched on the Fed. We definitely wanted to ask you about the Fed. Um, Great information so far. Um, Just any general bold predictions you might have. Not, they don't have to be so bold, but what do you got on your mind in regards to, it doesn't even have to be just financial. It could be political. Um, But what do we, what is potentially something that we're looking at on an international scale, scale, political scale, and financial stock markets. However, you want to think about this question. Something to look out for in 2023. Anything?
1: Yeah, I think uh, we should all pay attention to the uh, FTX scandal with Sam <laughs> Bankman-Fried. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I think we need to we need to pay attention to that. Where there's going to be a lot of important lessons, both politically, financially, Ooh. economically.
0: Yeah, um, this guy's the this guy's the Epstein of the stock market. <laughs>
1: It <laughs> could be. It could be. So that one, that one will be interesting to watch. Um, and then, you know, um, prediction-wise, I think the war in Ukraine will continue through the year. Um, yeah, and uh, we won't see an end to that until 2024. And then I predict bold prediction that Elon Musk will sell more Tesla stock, even though he said he was not going to. So mm. I'll I'll call that one out.
0: Okay, great, great. No, I liked I like the predictions. Yeah, no, going into Ukraine, I mean. A lot of indicators uh, for Ukraine and then the rest of Europe. Like you said, we do have to talk about that sometime. Um, but, Ron, a, it was a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Great information, and uh, definitely look forward to having you again sometime.
1: Thanks, Farhan. Information, not advice, remember. And uh, I'd love to chat again <laughs> next We're week.
0: not binded by this information. It's just yeah, uh,
1: no, this is uh, not financial <laughs> advice, just information. All
0: right, <laughs> uh, Ron, appreciate that. Appreciate it, man. All
1: right.